0: We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wider, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon to you, sir. Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing fantastic, my friend. We're going to hopefully have an interesting conversation today. It's one that we have enjoyed having multiple times. We've uh, had it inside of our continuity group. You and I have had it personally mm-hmm. with friends, with family, sometimes even with coworkers. Uh, we We deem it the marriage merge. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to take a little different approach to it today and hopefully give you some action steps or some perspective around the long-term application of a fasting lifestyle and what that looks like. So... I think we're going to do a good job as always, but, you know, maybe we're a little bit biased here, uh, but it's going to be a fun conversation regardless. Uh, So if you are new to the podcast, you can go back to episode 100, uh, take a listen. It's kind of like the episode 100 reset. We highlight some of the episodes that had the greatest response and impact uh, that we've heard from you guys, the listeners. And -hmm. if you haven't heard our story, you can go back all the way to episode one. uh, Give us a little bit of grace in us telling our stories, and how we ended up here and how we ended up, uh, you know, having the challenges and the resources. And that leads me to uh, heading over to the website, the fasting You can download the fast start guide, which is a free PDF with six steps to put one meal a day fasting into your day to day life. And also the insulin assessment, uh, which is a little bit more of an advanced tool, and giving you some uh, subjective insight into uh, whether or not you have the underlying cause of you know blood sugar related issues, weight loss resistance, etc., which is the insulin component of weight loss. So head on over there, check it out. All right, Tommy. So marriage merge, man. This is going to be a fun one because I'm going to share a couple of personal stories here of my own life, a couple conversations mm-hmm. you've had uh, over the years, and this all came from a question that came in from one of the listeners. So I think we should start there. And she she said, uh, hello, uh, this is from Blair. Hello, love your podcast. Uh, I have a psychological question. So I'm just going to dump this in your lap, Tommy, give you the mic, and then let you monologue here um, with your you know background. So uh, I am an experienced, extended, faster, and have no problem doing that. Uh, my boyfriend, both uh, in our 60s, is largely accepting, but he's a large man, 6'2", maybe 45 pounds over, but not fat. I would like to mm-hmm. be that. I was never 45 pounds over and not fat. Um, uh, extremely focused on food, shopping, cooking, and eating meat and exotic international ingredients. He wants Mm -hmm. to know if blank fill in the blank will be good for dinner that night. Ah, (laughs) how can I draw a boundary? So the whole evening doesn't end up with me watching him prepare and eat something. I have no room or interest for.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm a
0: fairly slight and small woman. And although an adventurous eater, I don't consume much.
1: Wow. Wow. All right, so so many layers. Yeah, so so the juxtaposition here is is almost like it, like he's a he's a foodie and she's a fastie. Like ah. so we we have we have um, you know we have an inherent um, you know conflict of interest here going on sometimes and probably some tension from time to time or maybe a little frustration, a little bit of like, man, what what's what's he going to come up with next? Um, I'm trying to do an extended fast maybe I'm trying to hit 30 hours or 40 hours or or maybe even longer and then he has a uh, like a five course sampling planned that he's he's into and and you know has all the ingredients out um, you know on the on the kitchen counter here and so what to do next right? So let's say he's six two, 200
0: pounds would be you know a good place to probably be if he's fit right So let's mm-hmm. say he's 250. Mm 6'2", 250 is not going to be a sampling, okay? I used to be 250, 260 back in my powerlifting days at 5'10", so, you know, looking like a strong man in the off-season with a big old belly, but, the you know, the big neck and the big tight sleeves and, you know, nothing ever fit. Right. Um, So I just want to start there. Like, it's not going to be a sampling. This is an experience. This is going to be, (laughs) I put the brisket on the smoker, I was up all night, and I'm going Mm -hmm. to crush some food. That's the feeling that I'm getting. Yeah. Uh from it. And that's great. Um, we have some foodies in our social circle and in our family. And I am the complete opposite. I am not a foodie. I land in the fasty camp where it's like right. <laughs> I'm gonna put a couple of meals that I look forward to. My wife and I are gonna talk about what we're having on the menu for the week and the, mm-hmm. the meals we're gonna prep and the shopping and all that. Uh and, and I'm good. I don't maybe a, an anniversary dinner, you know, a special restaurant every now and then. Yeah. So I'm definitely in the fasty camp, right? But the marriage merge comes to and lands on our feet in a bunch of different ways. We get this question a lot. You know, we had a truck driver once who was like, I'm on board, I'm changing my lifestyle, but my wife is Mm -hmm. still, or might have been vice versa, actually. I don't remember. Um, But like, how do I tell her that this is something she needs to do? And I was like, well, first of all, you don't do that. Right. (laughs) Um, I was like, what about just playing the podcast while you guys are in the car together? You know, something that brings in a third party authority. So I love the concept of the marriage merge that there has to be a merging of values and goals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably where the first breakdown comes from. Because I know if I went back into my past when I was growing up and we went to my Meme's house, which is my French French for grandma, Meme. Yeah. I'm probably pronouncing it horribly with a French accent. I know zero French, even though I'm half French. Right. Um, French-Canadian, I guess, or Canadian-French, never really know. But if I ever said, no, Memmy, I'm good. I don't need a second portion. Oh, you're a growing boy here. And then right. th- there's your plate. Or if I said no to the chocolate cream pie, oh, man. I want a small piece. And I'd get the, yeah. half the pie. I'm like, no. So I know there's this this, this fear of upsetting the individual, rejection, mm-hmm. all of that stuff Discipline, that comes around and comes from the cultural aspect of food in my situation. So it really should start with an alignment of values and goals and a conversation of what the week could look like and when these special, you said the word, experiences can happen.
1: Yeah, and do you think that it would be helpful if they kind of came to the same page about, like, I wonder if a lot of planning is going into this beforehand, you know, like at the beginning it Sounds of the like week. it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I wonder how often these experiences are happening. Like, is this every single night or is it, you know, once or twice a week or uh, like this, this must be coming up, um, often enough for, for her to feel this, this level of like uncertainty or tension, like in the relationship.
0: Yeah. And that was her question. How can I draw boundaries? Right. How can I draw boundaries? Well, that starts with aligning values and goals, right. Having some healthy conflict of, um, I know that you love this. I want to be a part of it with you. Um, Mm. I don't need a full portion. Let's make this more of like one of those cooking shows or maybe fine dining restaurants where you go in and you get the big plate that looks all fancy. And then in the middle is like one or two little bites of food, little
1: bites, right?
0: Because, because of the richness and the fullness of the food. So the, the juxtaposition here is obviously in, in the goals, right? But there's also the fact that she's fairly slight and small and likes to fast and doesn't really consume much. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're kind of at polar opposites here, right? So that's why I love the foodie versus fastie. So how do you merge in the middle? Um, Really, I think we can start reverse engineering this back from the conversation of what maintenance, a fasting maintenance or a fasting lifestyle should look like when you're not in a fat loss phase. Because it sounds like she's probably either close to maintenance or bouncing around there somewhere mm. where this is, might be throwing feeling like she has to give up the thing that got her the results. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As far as like the extended fast, she said, I'm like experienced extended faster. Right. Right. And, 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 it, you know, extending extended fasting can be a very powerful tool, but when, when it's our main tool that we use to get our fat loss results, then it can be hard to let go of. Too. And, and we've actually seen it you know be the reason why some people bounce back and forth around maintenance without really getting to their end goal or it, it taking a lot longer to get to their end goal because instead of being really, really intentional when I sit down and break my fast,'m I'm, I'm allowing more volatility to come in and feeling like I need to undo that by using extended fasting. And so I'm seeing these bigger swings, bigger ups and downs on the scale. Even if it is trending downward, it can take a lot longer to do that. And so I could see that being a real issue in a, in a household, in a situation, in a, in a relationship like this um, as well.
0: Yeah. And so beginning with the end in mind and looking at what the maintenance lifestyle should look like, this is, this is a conversation we have often during the challenges and in our continuity group and mm-hmm. via email and messages and you know, questions that we receive. Is okay. What is it? What does it look like? So I'm fasting. Then, then I eat. So what does that look like? So it's like there's two parts to the equation. You fast and then you eat, right? So there's the fasting and the feeding, so to speak. Beginning. So yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So like you just highlighted one of the things that people sometimes struggle with, which is that connection to food, the things that stress us out, the sleep, the things that are pushing us to go back to the habits that got us into the into the 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 overweight situation or the metabolically unhealthy situation or the i'm -hmm. on medication and don't want to be and my doctor says i need to lose weight or maybe you're having some blood sugar issues at this point yeah so the just swinging back and forth with this volatility is not what we want so maintenance really should look like long-term nourishment long-term health strength um, longevity, good sleep, because we know that that's so important, especially for insulin resistance and hormone balancing. And, you know, uh, the hormones that control hunger, right. You know, leptin, all of those different things, stress. So looking at this overall, uh, healthy end goal of what maintenance should look like, you should be having less volatility in your fasting windows. You Mm. shouldn't have to do a 72 hour fast every week. Yeah. Fasting is a tool that got you there. So that's why I really like the concept or the, the, the underlying tone here. Maybe the reading between the lines a little bit that it seems like that may be a sticking point where she doesn't feel she has the confidence to give that up yet while still Mm -hmm. wanting to connect with her boyfriend and have these experiences.
1: Yeah. Because, um, I know a lot of folks who use, you know, dinner as their main maintenance meal, and it, it's more of a of an extended dinner. So it, it, it feels very similar to what she's kind of describing here, where it might be, you know, it might be a one hour or a two hour, it could even be a little longer, but, you know, an hour or two worth of kind of an experience, you know, I know some busy professionals who, you know, take the opportunity, you know, uh, most nights to, you know, to have dinner out. And it's, it's a social thing, but it's also a good way for them to maintain their health and their weight they enjoy the foods, they uh, are in control of their health metrics, they feel great, they like the number on the scale, and, and they're maintaining those results long term. And I, I think that could work in, you know, well for, for a maintenance plan here where, where she, she kind of looks at it more like an extended, you know, one meal a day to actually maintain those results. So it might be the fact that she, she still feels like there's a little bit more weight to lose, but, but doesn't feel in control of getting from, you know, that maybe she's 90% of the way there, getting that last 10% and then being able to, to maintain that long term. So I think a just a little switch there and, and she would have a, a solid plan that she can be confident about. And then that would merge really well into what her boyfriend's priorities are as well.
0: Yeah. And I, am hoping that it's not breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right. That are these experiences, right? right? Yeah. Cause if they are, then we've got another issue, right? True, it's okay. True, well, true, good point. <laughs> maybe we should, yeah, maybe we should, yeah, we, I don't need the, you know, the exotic breakfast. Let's, let's focus on the dinner. And this yeah. reminds me of when my wife and I were uncovering, you know, the issues that I was having and all the testing that I did and the tracking and all the hiring the nutritionist and the functional medicine and me being mm-hmm. a provider and running the blood work and ask, looking for third-party help and being like, okay, what am I missing? You know, my wife and I are vastly different. Yeah. She eats typically four to five meals a day. She has zero visceral fat. She has the highest level of health you can get when it comes to life insurance mm-hmm. qualifications, preferred yeah. plus extra miles, first class. All right. You get the glass of champagne when you sit down, and they get the feet warm or whatever. You know, like nice, yeah. she is, she's way like she's, royalty. That's just, and she, <laughs> yeah, she's royalty. She's worked yeah. really hard at it and her body responds really well to a more balanced, uh, energy source. So between mm-hmm. the three macros, carbs, protein and fat. So for her to get down as lean as she has and competed and ran the marathons and all that different things that she's done over the years, um, we are a complete taking two completely different paths to get there. But we both went to see this person in Houston. I've told the story before, so I won't redo it here. But um ended up, you know, going through like six to eight weeks, and she could see that I was struggling and I wasn't getting any better. Right. And we had been doing the same schedule, the same plan. And mm-hmm. we just sat down and we're like, well, this isn't working for me. Mm-hmm. So now if we compare that to the fasty lifestyle, right, compared to the foodie, cause I was doing five meals a day. I was, I was doing the, you know, the specific breakdowns, the weighing, the macros, right. uh, the, the very specific heart rate based workouts, where mm-hmm. it was like wearing a heart rate monitor on my, around my chest, like making sure that I wasn't getting into this range that would not allow me to burn some of the fat, et cetera, yeah, like all yeah. of this stuff. Right. So coming in now ju- to, 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 to look at where we're at now in terms of how we both, you know, live and have results and have success. Mm-hmm. The conversation is now much simpler. We have a calendar on our fridge and we talk for 30 minutes on Saturday morning, sometimes Sunday night, if we don't get to it Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. And it's, okay, I know you don't eat Wednesday night because in our house, breakfast is Wednesday nights. Right. So my wife's in the clinic late, the kids, we make homemade waffles, homemade pancakes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes you just do bacon, eggs, and sausage, like whatever. It's breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Not my thing. So I just don't eat dinner on Wednesday nights unless there's a special. I'm like, no, not going to do it. So then at the beginning, she's like, all right, this is what we're going to eat this week. When are you eating this week? When When are your meals? We have a date night. We have priorities, like a non-negotiable, like we talk about, Tommy, where it's like Mm -hmm. you look at the schedule, you put in your non-negotiables. So my encouragement would be for Blair would be where are your non-negotiables? You want the connection. You want the merge of values. You can both live your lives differently Mm -hmm. in terms of how you get results and how you have a healthy relationship and long term health. But putting in the non-negotiables putting in the planned experiences so you still have that connection but then you don't have the potential uh you know overstepping a boundary feeling guilty hating to say no not yeah. wanting to like overeat for you and your lifestyle mm-hmm. so i just like the idea of intentionally putting those non-negotiables in and then really focusing on the experience of of you know him being so good at what he does which is creating this food and that experience
1: yeah and um those non-negotiables, um, those are a real game changer. And I know a lot of folks don't necessarily practice non-negotiables or communicating what those are. Like, here are my top priorities. I've decided what they are for myself. That, that's, that's step one. You have to decide what they are for you. Then step two would be communicating them um, You know, with the people who are important to you in your, in your household or your social circle so that they can understand and you know they they will al- almost always respect those if you communicate them but you can't expect them to just read your mind and to understand what they are but <laughs> if you if you don't decide what they are and you don't communicate them then you're you you've put yourself into a situation where you're likely to feel like you need to say no but you can't or you don't want to hurt that person's feelings and so now all of a sudden you're feeling like their priorities just became higher than yours, and you have multiple situations, and they start adding up to those, those feelings of frustration. And, and like, um, I, I can't really make headway on on what's important to me. And, and that becomes, um, you know, can be a, a point of resentment right there. So a little bit of deciding for yourself and a little bit of communication of what those important goals are, um, kind of insulates you from that situation. And now all of a sudden, not only are you on the right track, but now you have a spouse that's supportive as well because they understand what's important to you. And now you can, you can really start moving powerfully forward. Yeah. And I just, I, this
0: is, you know, one of the cool things about the conversations that we get to have and the conversations that you and I have, and we talk about fasting pretty much all the time. It's no different than right. And, uh, any CrossFitters out there don't, I did it for years, did the open four years in a row, I know mm. there was a big change with uh, the the gentleman who's been leading it for 15 years. He's been replaced. Mm. I know there's been a lot of change in how they do things. So do not take this as a slight. My wife is still a CrossFitter, even in pregnancy. She's modifying. She's working out, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. Big CrossFit supporters, took care of some athletes, went to the CrossFit games one year, mm. uh, was in the athlete tent, like taking care of the the, the, the team that came from Katie, Shout out to, I think that was circa 2014. So shout out wow, to, to CrossFit cool. Katie here. Um, but if you've ever met a CrossFitter, they talk a lot about CrossFit.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> right. Like there's a meme out there yeah. that's going around. Right. Yeah. So it's like fasting. The first two rules of fasting when you start are don't talk about fasting. Yeah. So true. you have to have this alignment or this conversation. We call it healthy conflict between my wife and I. Healthy Mm -hmm. conflict of, okay, yeah, no, this is fine. Let's like work through this. Let's talk about it. We, you know, let's get some alignment here. Yeah. Um, And I'm very logical. She's very emotional. So you can imagine not, not in a bad way, but she, she she communicates with her emotion. I communicate with logic. Right. So I don't know if anybody out there is relating to this probably, (laughs) but don't raise your hand or look at your significant other. If you're driving the car right now, don't do it.
1: I'm warning you. just keep looking straight Deep ahead
0: keep looking straight ahead right Just look at the red light so right. um, my point of bringing that up is <clears throat> at some point you know your social circles, your relationships, your people that are in your inner circle that you interact with need to know your goals because if you are a you know someone who's trying to qualify for the crossFit games and you're out you know sabotaging all the hard work that you're doing in the gym, I would right. expect my buddy to look at me and be like, hey dude like what are you doing?" You know, like maybe we won't, you know, maybe we don't have to have the big, you know, celebration this weekend or like there's there just needs to be that alignment. So the first two rules of fasting are don't talk about fasting. In this situation, you really need to talk about fasting. You need to sit down and say, this is something I enjoy, something I love doing. And I want to make sure that we're on the same page and that we continue to grow together in our relationship before, you know, uh, you know, if she reached out with this question, I'm sure, like you said, Tommy, at some point, there's been multiple points of that tension or just that awkwardness that comes up.
1: Yeah. You know, um, because if, if you're, if you're on a normal, like three times a day eating schedule, let alone four or five or even six times per day, depending on what your goals are or whose advice you're following. I know I I followed advice like that for a long time. It didn't get me right. anywhere. It actually took me backwards. Um, but that can be that can be really different and and a, and a big point of conflict uh, for someone who's who's living a fasting and insulin controlled lifestyle. But you know for for our listener here with this question, when you start when you understand what your own goals are and then you communicate them to your spouse, think of the connection points like that next special dinner experience is going to be really cool when you can let all of your frustration go and you can actually look forward to the next one. Your you know, your boyfriend or spouse is going to be looking forward to it as well because they know you're more excited about it. And you guys can come together, have a deeper connection over that shared experience. And then that's when potentially a spouse's um, defenses come down as well, where they can start to see how this can work with the things that are important to them. And you, you know, you said he wasn't fat. He's he, but he has, he's 40 pounds overweight. So maybe he's not in control of his own insulin levels right now. So maybe he starts to see how this works for you. And then he goes, yeah, you know what, hold on. What, what did you just do? You set a timer for, for 30 hours. Okay. Let me go ahead and do that too. I'll, I'll meet you back here for, for, you know, for, for breakfast or for, for dinner, you know, a day or two from now. And, and that's going to be a really cool thing. Um, another set of shared experiences right there. We see that all the time.
0: So three things. I want to, I want to put a disclaimer in here. We are not marriage counseling experts. Yeah. Okay. So just <laughs> right. like when we say this is not medical advice,
1: okay, this is right. just,
0: You can't get what you don't have. So I'm yeah. just, we're just speaking from experience sure. of what we've done, you know, what I've done in my own life. Right. I should say, I, so yeah. I don't speak for you. Okay. No, no, right.
1: no. Me too. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so just, just, just getting that out there. Right. And then, this reminds me of a situation when when I was back in in grad school and I had a friend who was making some pretty big lifestyle changes, you know, used to be a a division two football and athlete um, been with his wife for, since they were really, really young uh, had transitioned into, you know, the workforce, then back to school. Mm -hmm. And we started learning about nutrition and physiology and all this stuff. And, he made some pretty big lifestyle changes. Hmm. So this is the second thing. I said three things, right? So make sure yeah. you land the plane here, Tommy. <laughs> and I remember when he went home with his plan and told his wife, hey, this is when we're living in tiny, small apartments, like walking to class for however many credit hours, 40 credit hours a week, right? Like staying up night, cramming for physiology exams and biochemistry right. exams, right? And he goes home and he's like, yeah, this is my new plan. I'm going uh, absolutely sugar-free, low carb, um, cutting out all refined processed foods. And I'm like, he just went complete overhaul
1: overhaul. Yeah.
0: Like, and his wife, I know her well, (laughs) I know what she said, and I cannot say it here. And over the course of the next, it took about six months for his results and his improvements to become, um, to, to bring clarity to the relationship and the situation. Mm. And now she and him are completely on board in this, in the same boat. Yeah. She does her own thing. He does his own thing, but they have this alignment. Right. And we've seen this from other people that have reached out and said, Hey, my husband, this is my favorite one. Cause typically, um, you know, what we see when we do the challenges, it's about 60, sometimes 70% women, Mm. who come into the challenges right and then with our listenership it's it's now like a, a what is it it's like a
1: 60
0: 40 split right yeah. same mm. thing when i was in practice and it's interesting because we'll get these messages where uh you know somebody will do a challenge they'll join the continuity group we don't hear from them they hit maintenance they're having great success mm. and then they pop up right like little meerkat right and they look right. around and they're like hey i'm here i'm back it's time for me yeah. to do a longer fast i've been doing great whatever but the coolest ones are, I was like, hey, my husband did the challenge with me. And now yeah. we're down total together. We're down 80 pounds, right? He's lost 30. Awesome. I've lost 50. We're down yeah. 110 pounds. We're, he's no longer a diabetic. I'm like, I didn't even know he existed.
1: Right. Because
0: we didn't <laughs> even know he was doing the challenge with you.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'll say this, you know, I'm, I'm resistant to change. You know, my, sure. my wife I mean, knows that. Don't change, change the schedule yeah. on me when we've agreed on the cha- on the schedule. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've just seen that develop over time. And that's one of the coolest things. So the third thing is when we get to hear these marriage merge experiences. So just adding some lending, some perspective, Tommy, as we wrap up today's episode, some action steps for the listeners. If this is a situation that they've had, this doesn't have to be husband and wife. This can be friend. This can be coworker at lunch. Hey, you go get lunch every day. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. lunch typically is a fast paced, quick, convenient type meal. Sure. And you're doing it every day. Maybe you're working in a healthcare office and you guys go to the, you pick a, you pick a place one day, it's Chinese food. The next day it's Chick-fil-A. The next day it's insert, mm-hmm. whatever, right. right. Next day it's sandwiches, it's pizza. Well, yes, there's going to be some, Hey, I, you know what? I'm just doing lunches Tuesday and Thursday this week. Yeah. So this yeah. applies to every relationship when it comes to fasting. So we're actually telling you to break the rule. The two rules of fasting for life: don't talk about fasting and don't talk about fasting. So, a couple of action steps here, Tommy, for for everyone as we as we wrap up today.
1: Yeah, talk a little bit about fasting, right? But but only only in the important realms with the important people who can who are who are with you, like on a day to right. day basis. You know, they're they're in your circle, they're in your household. Um, ex- explain to them or express the things that are are important to you. So, first step is going to be to get started, like have a plan for yourself and get started. Um, so if you don't have one yet, go download the fast start guide, the fastingforlife.com get the fast start guide and, and have a plan to get started. Then just, just write down one or two, maybe maximum three of your most important priorities. Like what are they? Where do you think, um, you're going to run, run into a little bit of tension maybe in your household or with your coworkers and just express those to those, those few most important people to you. And if you're new to fasting, you might just say, yeah, I I know it sounds a little bit different, but uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try this for a week or two. Okay. So just, just bear with me for a minute here. And, and I'm going to see how it goes. If I like it, then, then, then we'll talk, but, but just, just allay some fears. This isn't a long-term thing. Just relax guys. Okay. It's just, it's just a temporary. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Well said. Yeah. Um, if you knew the podcast, like we said, um, appreciate you listening for all of our long-term listeners. Thank you all so much coming up on a pretty cool milestone here in the near future. So we'll share that with you. Um, and we do appreciate reviews. So as Facebook is adding podcasts and Spotify is upping their, their, their content management. And as mm-hmm. we're blasting this off across the airwaves, across all of the countries that you guys hear our voices in, we're very appreciative. We thank you very much for listening. But we do appreciate five-star reviews. That tells Mm -hmm. us, well, we appreciate all reviews, good and bad. We listen. Mm -hmm. I I promise. We read them all. All the messages that come in, we read them all. Um, But go ahead and leave a review because that really gives us or tells the people that run this stuff and all of the technology behind the scenes that we're doing something good. And Mm then we're going to continue to put these episodes out weekly and hopefully continue to deliver value. So, Tommy, thank you, sir, for today's conversation. I enjoyed it. uh, And we'll talk soon.
1: Thank you. So, you've heard today's episode, and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter, where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today.
0: Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.